You're listening to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal. Have you been betrayed by life, your body, or someone that you love? You're not alone. No matter what you've been through, Naked Self-Worth helps you regain confidence, joy, and enthusiasm so you can create a life you love and flourish. Tune in weekly and learn how. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you been struggling lately? Relationship issues impact every area of your life. When I found out about my husband's infidelity, I was so devastated, I could barely function. Sleeping was impossible because I couldn't shut off my brain. Eating was a challenge because I felt nauseous all the time, and for the first month or so, everything felt pointless. Whether you're having trouble sleeping, feeling hopeless, or just can't focus, BetterHelp is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help. You can talk to your therapist in a private, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that might not be available in your area. Just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you'll be matched with a therapist in under 24 hours. Then you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. I know that confidentiality was important for me, especially early on when I couldn't even get my own mind wrapped around what was happening. And it was so comforting to be able to speak with someone candidly about everything I was going through, to validate that what I was feeling and experiencing was completely normal. You can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Special offer to flaunt, create a life you love after infidelity and betrayal listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash flaunt. That's betterhelp.com slash flaunt, F-L-A-U-N-T. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Hello, welcome to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal. I'm Lord Cheadle, and today we're going to talk about love. We are going to talk about all things love. We're going to talk about learning to love your partner again after an affair. We're going to talk about learning to fall out of love with your partner after they have had an affair. We are going to talk about the different types of love and what it really means. And we're also going to talk about what love has to do with a relationship. Because contrary to what you might be thinking, you can stay with somebody and have a very satisfactory relationship, even if you're not in love with them. And 
Even if you're wildly in love with somebody, it doesn't necessarily mean that you should stay together or that staying together will be good for either of you. So today, we're going to break that all down. We are going to talk about all things love and what you can do to either increase love in the relationship you're in or to cut the love from the relationship that hurt you so you can move forward and create the exact kind of love that you want in your next relationship. But before we start, I'm going to give you a tiny background about me in case this is your first time listening to the show. As I said earlier, I am Laura Cheadle. I am a survivor of some pretty horrific infidelity and betrayal. And yes, there are two different things. After 23 years of what I thought was a pretty darn good marriage with a man that I deeply loved, I was shattered when I learned that he had been cheating on me for 15 years with five different women. Now, it also might shock you to know that he and I are together today and we're both happier and I would say more in love today than we ever were before. And to be clear, that does not mean that we're living this beautiful little fairy tale where we never get frustrated, we never get hurt or angry, or we never have fights. It also doesn't mean that I am never not triggered or not impacted by the affair. Yes, bad times happen. Yes, triggers come up. Yes, there are plenty of moments where I will suddenly fall apart and get into my head and start thinking, was this even the right thing to do? Oh my gosh, do I still love him? That is normal. Let me just tell you that is normal. Even if you're in a relationship where no infidelity has occurred, it is still normal to question your love for your partner. And that's one of the things that we're also going to address today as we talk about all things love. So to begin, because I have a background in law, because I used to be a corporate lawyer, definitions are really important to me. I always like to anchor concepts in definitions so we know what it is we're talking about. So at least we have some common terminology and understanding about what something is. So I want to start with a definition of love. And in doing my research for this show, when I started looking at the definition of love, I learned that there are four different types of love and that each of those types has a slightly different definition. So let's go through those four types of love and define those so we're all on the same page and we can start understanding what love has got to do with it. 
Eros is the first kind of love. And that is what we think of when we typically think of love. It's about burning passion. It's about need and addiction and great joys and heartbreak. And it's really about kind of an obsession for that person that you are so obsessed with that person that in a weird way, and this is important, but in a weird way, that person doesn't even matter to you because you have such this strong, passionate need, this erotic eros love for this person. That's where the term erotic comes from. And no, it's not about sex. Intimacy and love are different things. And we are going to spend all of next week's show talking about intimacy and the four kinds of intimacy. But for today, we're only going to talk about love and the four kinds of love. So come back next week and learn about intimacy. But for today, eros, love, let's just stick with the love because otherwise it's really easy to kind of get the two conflated and just get it all mixed up in your mind. And then it makes it really hard to figure out what are you feeling and what do you want and all of that good stuff. So the first type of love, eros, passion, need, addiction, great joy, sorrow. This is the kind of love that movies and songs and poetry is written about. And that's one kind of love. The second kind of love is phila. And that's a kind of a brotherly love. The city, Philadelphia, phila, get it, see, is all about phila love. And that's friendship. It's support. It's even when you see a stranger who's suffering and you might like go by and just give them a smile or put your hand on their shoulder. It's that kind of connected love that I feel you and I'm here and I love I love you and I will be here to support you. Neighbors, you know, brothers, sister, friendship. Fila is that kind of a supportive love. But unlike Eros, it's not that passionate, oh my God, I have to have you. You're fine. It's not addicting. You can go on in your normal day and not have every waking moment, you know, filled with obsessions about your your neighbor or somebody that you met at the store. The third kind of love is called storge. And storge is a really deep, unconditional love. It's the kind of love that parents have for their children. It's motherly love. It's called and considered the most natural of all kinds of loves because it's present without coercion. It's the kind of love that we can't help but feel. The person that we love, like our baby or our child, they don't have to do anything to be worthy of our love. We just love them no matter what. And what's interesting about storge, motherly love, is we will tolerate behaviors 
from people that we have storge love for that we wouldn't tolerate from others. It's why no matter what your kids do, you can be really mad at them, but you still love them. And if your friend or your partner did some of the things that your kids do or treated you the way that your kids treat you, you wouldn't as you wouldn't tolerate it. You wouldn't necessarily keep having a friend who had tantrums and did all of the things to you that a child does. And that is storge love. And some scientists, geneticists, things like that, actually think that this is hardwired into us, that it's genetically programmed for us to feel this way because otherwise we would walk out on our kids all the time because we'd be like, and I'm out of here. So that is the third kind of love. The fourth kind of love is agape love. And if you know some of the Christian Bible, some of the Christian beliefs around Jesus, that is that kind of love. It's love for humanity. It is man, by man I mean men and women, humanity, let's say that. It's humanity's love of Jesus and Jesus's love of humanity. It is love that is given whether or not it's returned. It's given without, you know, benefit. It's, it's, it's kind of where forgiveness falls in. That the idea that you can do no wrong, that there is nothing that can sever your connection with the divine, that the divine loves you no matter what. And whatever you do, you're forgiven. And it's deeper than storge. It's a really high, high bar because it brings that pure happiness and contentment. It's all about goodwill and benevolence and delight. Like when you think about, you know, the universe and spirit is delighting in us as humans, that no matter what we do, we can destroy the the planet, blah, 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 blah. And the universe still loves us. It's the idea of sacrificing for the sake of others. You know, Jesus dying on the cross was his ultimate sacrifice. That's agape love that I will give my life and die on the cross for your salvation. It's not, it's not so much a feeling, here's what's interesting about this, but it is an act of will. Agape love is not so much a feeling as it is an act of will. It's deciding that you are going to be benevolent. It is having the choice and making being resolved in your intent to put others' welfare above your own and to, in one sense, do the right thing. It's us laying down our life for somebody else regardless of how we feel about them. And that's the big kicker in agape love. It's not saying I will die for what other Christians, or I will die for Buddhists, or I will die for people that I like. It's saying I will lay down my life for my worst enemy, for those who persecute me, for those who don't get it. 
and not doing it to be a martyr, but doing it out, out of love and making that choice and having that sense of goodwill. So those are the four kinds of love. Agape, kind of Jesus, biblical love. Storge, parents and children. Thela, brotherly love, friendship. And Eros, the passionate kind of love. So you might be thinking, okay, great, we've defined it. Now, what does that matter? What it matters is we don't have, when we love, we don't feel just one kind of love towards a person or a situation or anything. The love that we feel is often a mixture of different types of love. And sometimes in the past, you might have heard things like, oh, it's, it's immature love, it's infatuation, but as you're in a longer term relationship, it becomes that deeper mature love and it switches. You might hear things like, oh, the honeymoon has ended and now it's, it's a deeper, richer kind of love. You might have also heard the phrase, well, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. What all of these phrases are really describing is the blend, the mixture of the different kinds of love and the way that you love somebody. It's not that loving versus in love is that different. It means that maybe I'm feeling less of that eros, that passion love, and I'm feeling more of the phila, the friendship kind of love. It might be that you actually have that kind of storge, motherly love for your partner, um, particularly in, well, there's, there's many different kinds of situations. And then that agape love, depending on, again, your situation, what's going on. Maybe you've got a little bit of that agape love going on. Maybe you feel very maternal towards your spouse. Love changes. And the kicker is that it's supposed to change. We're not supposed to say, this is the one kind of love that's right. This is the one kind of love that's wrong. And the blend doesn't change. The blend changes day at a time. And also, whether you love someone or not, and in what blend and what kind of love doesn't really have anything to do with whether or not you want a relationship with them or whether or not you stay with them. And that might feel a little bit confusing, but we're going to break that down a little bit too. Um, But first, I just wanted to go through those four kinds of love, affirm that the kind of love that we have for others changes. It's always a blend. And also reaffirm that it's supposed to change. It's not supposed to stay one way or the other. And not to derail, but sometimes when people don't know that, that's the reason sometimes that some people end up having affairs. They think that they are supposed to feel eros, that passionate love, for their partner all the time. 
And then if they're not feeling that burning need with joy and sorrow and passion and drama, that it's not real drama. And then sometimes they go and seek out more types of love, that eros, erotic type of love, because they think something is wrong. And like I said, I don't want to derail on that too much. I just want to point it out that sometimes that can be one of the reasons that people seek out an affair. But what matters for today's show is you, how you are feeling, and what happens to the state of your love for your partner before, during, and after their affair. So before the affair, what kind of love did you have for your partner? More specifically, what was the blend of love that you had for your partner. If you're anything like most people, they start off with that eros, that erotic, that passionate love. And then over time, as they get to know each other, then they have phila, that supportive love. I will help you. I see that you're exhausted, so I'm going to pick up the kids and I'm going to take care of the house. Sometimes they have that storegate type of love because they've been together with the person for a long time and they understand their shadows and their triggers and their pain. So they start tolerating things because they understand what is going on with their partner. Now, I want to be clear, there's a difference between abusive behavior and storegate love. And sometimes that line is a little bit fuzzy. An example of that is, in my case, my partner had a severely abusive childhood. Because I knew about his childhood and the triggers, I would sometimes tolerate more because I understood what was going on. When it would be a holiday and his mom would call and demand to be flown out for Christmas. Or when she would call in a rage and be screaming and demanding that we send her, oh, money or a car or a mattress or any of the things that she would sometimes demand, he would get off the phone and he would have horrible behavior. He would yell, he would stomp, he would rage, he would kind of go be a jerk. Now, I don't tolerate people yelling in my house. I don't tolerate jerky behavior. I don't tolerate things like that. But sometimes that store gay love would kick in and it would be like, oh, I just heard what happened. I know you need to go vent because this is really hard on you. And that store gay love would come in and it would be like, let him go be a jerk. Let him be outside mowing the lawn, chopping down a tree, let him just go blah. And it's that store gay love, that feeling of, I get it. I totally get it. I'm going to put up with some stuff that I normally wouldn't put up with because I understand. I've got empathy and I understand what's going on. So what kind of love did you have before the affair? What was the blend? 
how did that blend of the way that you love your partner evolve over the years? And then how did your partner love you back? How did your partner love you back? If the journey before the affair was a good one, when, or mostly a good one, when you found out about the affair, you would probably say that you were still in love. Am I right? If you had a pretty good relationship with your partner before finding out about the affair, you were probably still in love with your partner before finding out about the affair. On the flip side, if you had had a tumultuous relationship and you weren't really thinking you were in love and your partner wasn't thinking they were in love and you found out about the affair, it's probably a slightly different story. Because when you find out something this significant about your partner, about love, about what's going on, it might change, it will change the blend of love, the kind of love that you have for them. So being able to identify what kind of love you had before is helpful because it will help you determine, should I stay? Should I go? Can I love again after the affair? Do I first have to fall out of love before I fall back in love? What, what is happening here? So in my case, I really felt like there was a blend of Eros, Fila, the brotherly love, and the Storge, some of that motherly love that my partner and I had for each other. When I found out about the affair, it was like a gut punch. And I thought first, but I love him. And I don't want to leave because I love him. And that really tangled up and confused my brain. And that's what very first got me thinking, what is love? And what does love have to do with the relationship? And if I'm in love and we separate, am I still in love? And does that just keep me in a state of heartbreak for the rest of my life? Or am I in love with our lifestyle? Or am I in love with how convenient it is and with the family that we've created in the home what what is this and how do I separate all of this out and then if I choose to leave how do I learn to fall out of love so I'm not in heartbreak every day and if that's something that you can relate to how do I learn how to fall out of love? Here's what I want to say. If what you felt before and at D-Day was a lot of eros, a lot of passionate love, then yeah, you had great pain and great sorrow. And you're still going to feel that because that's what this kind of love is about. It's about addiction. It's about passion. It's about need. And if you're feeling like, I need this person, I'm going to die without them. 
it helps just to know that that's the nature of eros. That's the nature of that kind of love. And yes, it will fade. It fades over time in even the best, the most passionate of relationships because it can't not fade. So just label it. Wow, it was hot and passionate. And I feel this burning need. And I feel great sorrow. But I also felt great joy and I know it will fade. If what you felt before was Fila, the brotherly love, but we're such good partners. That's what I kept thinking. We're such good partners. We do life well together. Oh my gosh. He is my support. He's my rock. I supported his career. He couldn't do it without me. There were things that I didn't want to do without him. It was very supportive. It was a good friendship. It wasn't the best, but it was good. And I was mourning the loss of a companion. I was mourning the loss of a friend. So labeling what it is you're feeling and why helps you fall out of love. Because eros, passionate loves fade, and friendship, brotherly love, is truly something that can be cultivated with a lot of different people. And it has nothing to do really with romance and intimacy. So naming it and understanding will help you separate and fall out of love if that is what you're wanting to do. But notice I didn't move to the next two kinds of love, storge and agape love, because those are two kinds of loves that you don't fall out of. Storge is the parental love. Your kids can grow up and move out. They can have their own life and you don't stop loving them, but you don't need to live with them anymore. You don't need to talk to them every day or see them all the time, but you still have that kind of love for them. If you have that kind of love for your partner, that kind of love, you can continue whether or not you are together in a relationship, in any kind of relationship or not. It's okay to understand somebody so deeply that you love them forever. And same thing with agape. That is the kind of love that you give without benefit. And by virtue of you loving somebody else, it makes you a better, happier, stronger person. So you don't have to fall out of agape love. You don't have to fall out of storge love. You can keep loving your partner, which will only expand your heart, which will only expand your further relationships, which will only make your interactions with them better. Because it keeps you out of the fight. It keeps you out of the drama. Even if they're off with an affair partner and they're doing all sorts of horrific things, 
If you can maintain a sense of that agape love, benevolence, goodwill, love for your partner simply because they are a human, then your separation, your divorce, your life is going to be better. What's hard is just that it comes so abruptly. That you're going along and your blend of love is changing and adapting year after year, season after season, and bam, all of a sudden you know something and it's like, whoop, we got to rearrange this all right now. And I've got to fall out of these two kinds of love and I've got to figure out how to, if I feel them, continue to maintain a certain amount of love for my partner simply because they are a human. At one time they were my partner and at one time I loved them well. And sometimes just finding that peace in your heart, sometimes just having the permission that, hey, I don't have to fall out of love with them. I can continue to love them and it's not about me getting them or showing them or hurting them. I can just love them because they're a fallible human and so am I. Sometimes that's all that it takes. So now we're going to move to that third part is falling back in love again after an affair with your partner. And if you choose not to stay with your partner, if your partner is not willing to do the work, then falling in love with somebody else. Okay, so after I found out about my husband's affair, I didn't instantly go into hate. I was horrified. I was hurt. But I kept thinking, I do still love him. And like I said, I had to separate which kind of love and how, and that made me feel better because I didn't want to be like this, no, but I love him, blah, blah, blah. I didn't want to be this mamby-pamby, helpless you know, it's all love. It's all I will put up for any, I will do anything for love because I don't necessarily believe that's a thing either. So I had to get really clear about what kind of love that I had. And most importantly, what kind of love that I wanted in the future. So to do that, I've got a list of journaling questions that will help you fall back in love with your partner after an affair so you can get the love that you want and maybe even create a better relationship than you had before. Because what happened is maybe the kind of love that you had before you weren't clear on, your partner wasn't clear on, And now truly is the best time to get a handle on all of that. So you can determine if you want to stay together or if you want to separate and find a new partner that you can have the kind of love that you want to have with. So the first question I'd like you to journal on is, what does love mean to you? What does love mean to you? In journaling, I truly mean grab paper and a pen or a pencil and 
go sit down somewhere in a quiet place. You can put on music or not. Don't think too hard. This is not a test question. But just write about what does love mean to you? Does love to you mean someone will always be there and I won't be lonesome? I've got a client who actually ended up leaving her husband because they were having a conversation. And he said something to the effect of, I am with you because I don't want to die alone. And I want to spend my old age in companionship. Well, holy heck, she freaked out. His interpretation of love, not that either's was right or wrong, but his interpretation of love was that companionship to the end. Her interpretation of what he said was, I only married you because I didn't want to be alone. I don't really love you. I just don't want to be lonesome. And kid you not, without talking about it, without discussing, she literally got up and filed for divorce and that was it. And it was kind of sad in my estimation because it was just the definition of love. What does love mean to you? Because today we went through the def- you know, the four different kinds of love, but really as you're dating someone, as you're getting to know somebody, as you've been with somebody forever, nobody sits down and says, I'm really feeling a large amount of feel of love for you. Nobody does that. We just say, I really love you. I love you. I miss you. Sometimes we say it without thinking, but it's important to start thinking about it, understanding what does love mean to you? Does love to you mean that somebody does what you want, that they cater to your needs, that they put your needs above theirs. Growing up, I was very well taken care of um, by my mom. She did a lot of things for me. So to me, a certain amount of love was, yeah, if you love me, you're going to take care of me. You will put my needs above your own, which is great if you're a kid, but not necessarily great in friendships or romantic relationships. So what does love mean to you? Write about that. The second question, which close, is closely related, is how do I want to receive love? How do I want to receive love? The Five Languages of Love, Gary Chapman, is just one of the many, you know, books that talks about what does it mean? How do you want to receive love? Do you want gifts? Do you want words of affirmation? Do you want quality time? What do you want? How do you feel loved? One of the ways that I feel very loved is my husband brings me coffee in bed every morning. That makes me feel loved. Some people, that might not be that big of a deal to. But to me, it really makes me feel loved. I want to be loved by an act of service like that. I feel loved when somebody notices 
what I'm going through and then seeks to help. When somebody notices that I'm stressed because the house is a mess, so then they take it upon themselves to go vacuum. I like words of affirmation. But do you know what I like more? I like really feeling like I'm being heard more. I'm not a huge gift person. It's nice, but it's not a big deal. Journal about how you want to receive love. And now that you know about the four kinds of love, it'll make it easier to kind of clarify too. Like that eros, that passionate erotic love. Yeah, I want that. I want to have somebody feel like they need me to a certain extent. I also want somebody to love me regardless of my flaws and the mistakes that I make. I want that unconditional storge love. I want people to say, that's okay, I've got you. I want all of the different kinds of love in different blends at different times. How do you want to receive love? The next question is, How do you want to give love? How do you want to give love? Do you love the fiery passion of, I want to leave my job early and not see anybody else. I just want to be with you all the time. Do you just want that companionship and support, a comforting touch, a hug every day when you get home? Do you want somebody to truly understand you? Do you want someone to challenge you? What do you want? How do you want to give love? I love doing creative, fun things for my partner. I want to give love through comfort. I want to give love through touch. I want to give love by creating a comfortable home environment. Because I don't like receiving gifts that much, I also am not that great of a gift giver. But it's important to know what you're good at giving and what you want to receive. And then comes the important question of how do we communicate this to each other then. How do I let my partner know how I want to be loved and how I want to give love? And how can they communicate this to me? And then how can we make this work? Because we've got four things between two peoples. We have two senders, two givers, and we have two receivers. And we have to figure out, do I love you enough in the agape sense of love that I will put your welfare above my own and I will give to you with joy because of the joy of giving to you. And that even if it's not my way, my preferred way of giving, 
that I will do that because it is your preferred way of receiving and then vice versa. Because there's no point in being in a relationship with somebody if you're like, Ugh, I know they need physical love, but it's the last thing I want to do and I hate doing it. So I'm going to do it with resentment and I'm going to do it with bitterness and I'm going to blah, 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 blah. Is it a mix that you are excited about? Is it a mix that your partner is excited about? Because truly, if you're not compatible in your styles of giving and receiving love, then maybe you shouldn't be in this kind of a relationship together. Maybe you can just be co-parents together or neighbors together. Or maybe you can just focus on that agape kind of love and bless and release each other out into the universe so you can each find somebody who loves and wants to be loved more similarly to the ways you want to love and be loved. And after you go through those four kinds of love and those four questions, you're going to have a lot of clarity. And I do mean a lot of clarity about your relationship and whether or not you even want to fall back in love with this person or not. Because quite frankly, once you get clear and start journaling about these questions, you might have the experience where you go, whew, this actually ended up being the biggest relief And now I don't have to love them anymore. And that's a really good thing. Because it was always hard. They are a hard person to love because we have different ways of loving. And I never really felt that loved. Because they have a different way of giving. And I just don't need it. And if that's not the case you will find that you do start falling back in love with your partner because it becomes so beautiful because all of a sudden these other kinds of love and these other blends of love start blossoming in ways that you had never expected. The agape love, the storge love, this deep, beautiful love for your partner and for your partner's journey, even the dark parts of it starts filling your heart and filling your relationship and making everything so much better. Like I said at the beginning of the show, when I look back about the kinds of loves that we had before, there was a lot of eros, the passionate love. There was a lot of storge, that friendship. But after the affair, boy, (laughs) did we really move into some of this agape love, some of this storge love, because we know each other so deeply and so intimately, and we know each other's shadows, and we love each other despite those, or maybe even because we know each other so well. And I feel like all different kinds of love increased 
and the blend has become more fluid. And that in moments of whether it's great passion or great friendship or just great benevolence, there's a solidness in the fact that we do have love and that we always will have love no matter what happens, no matter what choices we make, even if we mutually decide to separate. There's a solidness of love that will still be there and that will always remain. And again, that even if something happens, even if he cheats again, even if I just say, that's it, I'm out of here. It's not a matter of do I love him or do I not love him or do we love each other? It's a matter of do I want to be in a relationship with this person or not? But the base of I love you will always be there. And I don't know about you, but I find that very comforting. And I think that is a pretty beautiful thing. I'd love to hear your experience. I'd love to hear your stories of love. I'd love for you to share about the blend of love in your life and how that has changed. And again, I want to remind you that love and living in a relationship with somebody really has very little to do (laughs) with each other. You can be a great partner with somebody or you can be a horrible partner with somebody. You can love somebody in some kind of a blend and you can not love somebody in another kind of a blend. And it just is what it is. Betrayal recovery is encapsulated by the acronym FLAUNT, F-L-A-U-N-T. Those five steps are the steps that I walk my clients through in coaching them to recover from betrayal. F stands for find your fetish, which is about doing what feeds your soul. L is about laughing out loud and radically increasing the amount of joy that you have in your life, not only during the betrayal recovery process, but always. AU what I like to call the golden center of flaunt is about accepting unconditionally. And that's where this kind of falls in. It's about accepting unconditionally that your blend of love is one way or that it's not another way. It's about accepting unconditionally that you want to be together and that you're good partners or that you're not. It's about accepting unconditionally that maybe you feel a ton of passionate love and Your partner is not going to do the work and that you're going to have to separate and accepting unconditionally that knowing it's Eros love means you're going to go through an enormous amount of heartbreak and sorrow. But it's also knowing that it will pass. That's what accepting unconditionally is all about. N is about navigating the negative one step at a time, figuring it out, using the journaling questions. And T 
The last step of flaunt is about trusting your truth. Always trusting what you know to be true inside. That I love this person in this way, and this is how it's going to work, or I got to be really honest with myself. I love the idea of this person. I love our life. I love our house. I love the car. I love our families, but I don't love us. And getting radically honest with the truth as you know it inside. And only then will you be able to heal fully from this betrayal and move forward, creating the kind of life that you love and that you deserve. Now, next week, we're going to take a deep dive into intimacy. Four kinds of intimacy, emotional intimacy, mental intimacy, spiritual intimacy, and of course, physical intimacy. But between now and then, pull out that journal and write about what love means to you, how you want to receive love, how you want to give love, how you loved your partner before the affair, what happened to that mix of love the moment that you found out, And how you might want to love your partner now, post-D-Day. Before you go, head on over to BetrayalRecoveryGuide.com and download your copy of the Sparkle After Betrayal Recovery Guide. It's three steps, three activities that you can do right now to start untangling from the pain of the past, reconnecting to your heart, your truth, your soul, and moving forward so you can create exactly the kind of life that you love. Have an amazing week. I look forward to being with you next week. And as usual, always remember to flaunt exactly who you are because who you are is always more than enough. Are you looking for a great way to make new connections and spread your wings? Revel is a new kind of social platform exclusively for women over 40, where you can do just that. With virtual and in real life events, authentic conversations, and no ads, Revel is the community site exclusively designed for like-minded, fabulous, fun women in midlife. Learn more and join for free at hellorevel slash flaunt. That's hello, R-E-V is in Victor, E-L, dot com slash flaunt. Come join us. It's nourishing and super fun. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal with radio host and live choreographer Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Develop naked self-worth and reclaim your confidence, enthusiasm, and joy so you can create a life you love and embrace who you are today. Download your free Sparkle Through Betrayal Recovery Guide at NakedSelfWorth.com. 